the story of Galano. Episode 5. We come to the mostly barren, shadowy, smoked-filled alien office of an authority of the Ahrimans. Its walls and columns carved out of black stone, with symbols all at once ancient and alien, geometrically measured and spaced throughout, glowing a deep red. At the entryway, a small, sickly-looking gray trembles where it stands. On the other end, an outline of the authority figure behind a raised onyx desk, with the light of the symbols softly illuminating a scaled hand, holding an ornate pipe smoothly carved out of white crystal, a lion crying out in agony. The mouth of the pipe filled and smoldering with some dried pink, purple, and green herb, while mostly in shadow, the authority's eyes are reptilian and shimmering a menacing gold, set in a shadowed and scaled skull. Behind is a wall-sized window filled mostly with a still grey moon. Beyond, in the distance, a pale blue dot floats in the vast of space. All of them. Yes, sir. Eventually, one was able to escape, but died of its burns shortly after. It's caused a lot of activity from the local population in the surrounding area. Was he alone? No, sir. We have surveillance from the ORB that just came back. He... he had assistance. The Bouts had some kind of defender against our collectors. Galano is... Still at large, sir. I get it as much. The Bouts think they have thwarted our efforts. Let them believe they have the upper hand. We shall rain down misery upon their poor little Galano and everything else that stands in our way. Leave me. Yes, sir. The quivering grey hurriedly exits. Relieved, it has retained its existence. No more half-measures. The Bouths will fall, and we will see the blue light of this troublesome planet refocused for our ends. The reptile eyes dart toward the corner of the cold onyx desk, where a blue hologram a foot tall winks and flickers. The shape of the figure is thin and looks towering, robed with an elongated humanoid head tilted slightly up, its hands crossed confidently in front of its body. We must have the World Shaper alive, or you shall be deposed. It shall be as you command. The hologram winks off. 
A bead of sweat trickles past the reptilian eye. Back to Galano, socks, a singed ring of grass, the pile of French door shards, and collector bits strewn about the backyard. Galano, we have to go. Now! Whatever you are, it's clear you are important enough to garner the attention of the collectors. They haven't shown up since... since I don't know when. I can keep you safe. You have to trust me and believe me when I say... I want this planet and its people safe. Trust you? You eat greys. I'm food to you. What just happened? What was that? What is going on? Some of the worst weapons of the Aramans attempted to abduct you. Probably to kill you. Something came to protect you, but whatever that was is gone now. I will not have you around my humans. They are important as well. I need to get you to a secure location. Once we're there, we can find some answers, but you have to come with me. Everything here wants me dead? I was abandoned? Left for you to eat me and now I'm being hunted? I hate it here. Thunder cracks just above where Sox stands. Ha! Huh. Okay. Look, I promise you, as disgustingly delicious as you smell, I will not eat you. There is something about you that is different. Clearly, there has never been this much activity surrounding a grey, ever. No one came for your kind in the Texas or New Mexico incidents or any other crash. I can help you stay out of sight. I understand it's a tall ask, Galano. But if you want answers, you must come with me. As Sox is making her case to Galano, Doug comes running to the gaping hole that once was the French doors. Holy shit. What? What happened? What? What the? What? Sox? Oh, what is that? Sox turns to her human, blinks, and speaks perfect English. I must depart for a time, my human. Never fear, it is for the best. You shall be safe, and I shall continue to aid in your spiritual development, but I cannot stay. Go to sleep now. Do not look for me. I shall return when the time is right. You are loved, my human. If anatomy allowed it, Doug's jaw would be on the ground. And then, like a spell taking effect, eyes drooping, Doug turns back into the house and disappears into his room to fall into sleep once more. Now, follow me, Galano. I can take you to a place where we can find some answers and we will be safe. Galano and Sox wiggle their way underneath the backyard fence and with the pre-dawn sky just lighting up a pale peach-pink-orange, they set off down the neighborhood street. For a time, they walk in silence. As the sun begins to shine, they take to traveling in grassy patches and hiding behind bushes and trees to avoid being seen. To see a tuxedo cat trotting along with a four-foot alien gray like Milo and Otis would have certainly drawn some attention. 
<laughs> Sam illuminates beside Galano. Hey, we know that tune. I can see and hear your Sam, you know. <laughs> he, uh, he just, I think he wants to make friends is all. Um, how can you see something and plant it in my head exactly? Everything is vibration. I spent what felt like eons being trained and tuned to pick up many levels of vibration on several different planes of existence. Plus, I'm a Felinian. I, uh, I missed a lot of classes during basic training. That tune, though, close encounters of... Of the third kind, yes. You look kind of like them at the end of that movie. Your head is more ripe. Uh, uh, bulbous. Is that your way of giving a compliment? Galano, are you gonna take that? This Felinian's belly drags on the grass like a fat kid's bag of candy during primetime Halloween night. Ha! Come on, Sam. I'm way more agile though, right? I mean, it looked like their arms were dangled on strings or something the way they had to move. You were able to outmaneuver me during our initial encounter. I'll give you that. Now that we can take. Uh, I guess... I guess I should say thank you. So, thank you for taking me to safety. Um, can I call you Socks? That's... Uh, fine. It's the name my human gave me, and I mean, hey, look at my feet. It makes sense. So, yes, you may. The reaction the human, your human, had to you speaking to him looked like he wasn't used to it. We aren't supposed to speak. It's part of the agreement. What agreement? An oath was taken by my people a very long time ago, along with others in the Galactic Federation, to oversee humanity's rise and spiritual development. Clearly, we have had trouble, but it's not like there aren't problems at every turn. And the way they've been manipulated on every level, genetically, socially, spiritually, not to mention the way they treat each other. It's a wonder how they haven't destroyed each other already. Also, I'm relegated to being an indoor-only companion, so I have to wait to be fed, which I do not like. Well, they're still here. I guess you're doing something right. An empathetic gray. You are different. And the fact that we're able to even carry on like this. Well, I like to think I'm full of pleasant surprises. That you are thinking at all on this level. She's staring at us again. What? You aren't aware of humanity's history, are you? What you are hybridized with. All I know is what I've told you. I am part of a program set up to hybridize with them, so my people can eventually move in and live amongst them. I was you know, yet another in a long line of rejected versions that couldn't blend with their society. I don't really look the part, do I? So I was relegated to scout for other specimens. I mean, long term we'd subjugate, but most beings in the universe hate responsibility. They just want to live lives of pleasure-seeking and routine. 
We provide that in a lot of ways, so most of the time, we're welcomed. It's a really successful program, and sure beats Annihilation. Humanity's history, as far as I'm aware, is painted with violence. Have you seen their movies? With such a flexible biology, they are easy to mix with. And with social structures in place and evolutionarily supported, they make a great entryway to access this planet full of resources. You said they were manipulated? A car drives close and looks as if it's slowing down close to Sox and Galano. Sox signals the two of them to crouch down behind some nearby bushes to get out of sight. Ugh. I am not a fan of their motor vehicles. Loud. Yeah, you would think they would do whatever they could to work on not irritating themselves every chance they got. Most of them can't think past their next meal. Good luck with pleasant transportation. Aha! That's funny. Thank you. Uh, so what's the deal with these humans? It starts with the planet and its changing or evolving position in its solar system. Once, in the distant past, Earth was bathed in a perpetual twilight. All inhabitants, from bacteria to plants, animals, and what were a proto-human species, lived without ebb or flow, without rhythm. They lived in abundant simplicity. But if there is one constant in the universe, it is change. Cataclysm occurred and Earth was wrested from its original position to an orbit around its current star. This stressor, along with other celestial disruptions, were the impetus for life and consciousness to grow and evolve rapidly here. We don't know how this planet became so conducive to life. There are theories of it being seeded, but that is further back than even I am aware of. What I know is that just over a million revolutions around this planet's star the Felinians, Caninians, and a federation of beings discovered it, saw the potential in these proto-human beings, and so we took it upon ourselves to care for and guide the just blossoming but powerfully connected race of proto-humans. As with any garden, too much attention and you can ruin what you've started. We set systems in place where rhythms could instigate and regulate the upflow of consciousness. These humans began growing well. So the Federation let the systems run and departed. A few contingents stayed. But there were threats to the flow of life in this galaxy and beyond. And still are. Races of beings that would wield this power of creation that bubbles up so readily here, like a weapon for control and destruction. We thought we would be able to monitor and maintain this planet, this garden. And we did, for a time. So, this place used to be a lot different. Very much so. Uh, hold on, I'm getting hungry. Um, give me just five minutes and I'll be back with a snack. You good? Yeah, the earth here looks pretty tasty. I'm set. You eat dirt? Right, okay, I'm, I'm not going to question it. I'll be back. Sox darts off into the brush, rustling the tall grass as she goes. Galano, she's saying control is bad. We are here to help take control of this planet. She's saying we are bad. 
I don't think we can trust this Felinian to keep us safe. I hear you, Sam. But what choice do we have? Look around, we're in the wild now. I wouldn't know where to go. And so far, let's be honest, from being abandoned to being hunted, Sox is the nicest being we've come across to date. Minus the whole I'm gonna eat you thing. But the Kiri avatar protected you from those collectors. Someone is keeping you alive, but not safe. I'm feeling more and more like bait, Sam. Sox said she would take us to safety. And what do I have to lose by trusting her? I don't know. Die now or die later. We're gonna go eventually. I don't want to die by collector. I agree. Plus, the history lesson is fascinating. I'll give you that. I'm not programmed with any of that information. It's all new to me, if true. Galano takes a few chunks of dirt and eats heartily. Then Sox appears, parting the grass with a dead rat dangling from her mouth. Oh. Mm. Just give me a few to chomp this down and we'll keep moving. Sox tears into the rat with fervor, picking away and eating the meaty bits. Ugh. Now comes the really icky part. Ah. Independence Day. Huh. Yeah. I enjoy the passion from the military head in that movie. American pilots. Huh. <laughs> you know, even with the whole premise of the movie, I couldn't help but feel a little offended when the one pilot screamed, Up yours! As he went to blow up the ship. That's understandable, given the circumstances. I mean, I get it. Sure. Okay, I'm done. These things are more fun to hunt and kill than to eat. Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The two resume their walk. So you were saying that for a time you were able to take care of this place? What happened? Around 900,000 solar revolutions ago. A race that was technologically brilliant, but quite low in conscious growth which had all but edited out its ability to naturally procreate and evolve in spirit, was being successfully chased out of this sector by the Federation. They had caused major damage in a neighboring galaxy, and we weren't about to have that kind of degradation here. A ship of high-ranking scientists and engineers eluded us, however, and they happened to find a hiding spot right here on Earth. While they could barely survive while in direct contact with this garden planet, the malleability and rapid growth of what were now a burgeoning but still young race of humans was used, abused really, warped by their technological and scientific prowess, so that in time, they could merge with this species, with the end goal of eventually taking over the planet. They designed and twisted the genetics of humans to become more open to them, more compliant to control and authority on the physical and mental plane. They also saw a new avenue of reproduction for their kind, and in these powerful humans, they saw a weapon for world building and destroying. Within 25,000 revolutions of their arrival, we became aware of the problem here, but the damage had already been done. 
The Federation demanded they vacate the planet or else suffer complete annihilation. Most left. Some dug in, and so the Federation responded in kind, causing planetary upheaval through asteroid bombardment, planet-wide flooding, and environmental cataclysm. That was like hitting a reset button in quick succession. To everyone's surprise, humanity survived. The Galactic Federation could not deny the tenacity of the species, even though they had been twisted in the image and likeness of this malefactor race. The potential for spiritual and conscious evolution and power was still there in full. The problem now was their susceptibility to malignant influence on all levels. That and some of the engineers still remained. Unbeknownst to the Federation, they had built a weapon with the humans so powerful that their retaliation against us was completely unsuspected and strong. It struck one of our prime ships and turned it to wreckage. The parts rained down on this planet causing more destruction, allowing the engineers to further warp the minds of the humans, claiming they were their protectors rather than their abductors and overlords. The Federation has since taken a more subtle and individualized approach, respecting the evolving levels of consciousness within the human species. We have integrated for the most part as non-threatening but ever-present influences upon the humans, guiding their individuation into expanding their consciousness and spiritual power, that they may one day shake off the chains these engineers placed on them so long ago. For all intents and purposes, however, this planet is still held tightly by their past influences, and some still remain. Do you understand what I am saying? Clouds begin to form, seemingly out of nowhere, billowing and roiling forth, circling threateningly around Galano and Sox, rapidly forming a storm and rain begins to fall. Wait, <laughs> stop. I mean, I, I hear you, but it sounds like what you're saying is that this program they started could be the same program I'm a part of, the hybridization program. But I'm, um, the Baoths, they, they want to keep this place from the Aramans, and the Aramans want this place destroyed. They are the other side of the same coin. No, come on, Socks. You saw the Collectors. They were moving in to kill me. Who left you here to die? I... 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 I, I can't believe it. Why would they be fighting against each other? W wouldn't it be better to work together? The fact that you are thinking this way, that you can even comprehend what I'm telling you... And what if you're just leading me to some processing plant where you can turn me into Folinian food? Why should I trust you? Why should I believe you? There is an idea known here as the Hegelian dialectic. A thesis or protagonist and an antithesis or antagonist pitted against each other. With this conflict, there is eventually, naturally, reached a synthesis or resolution. 
The Baoths and the Arimans, while not working together, may very well be two arms of the same operation started so long ago by the engineers. And judging by the activity around you, Galano, they may have gotten somewhere. Yeah, you didn't answer my question. Why should I trust you? I haven't attempted to kill you lately. I've been honest with you. And beyond that, look, I've got nothing. I've never met a Grey that thinks, that considers and can comprehend like humans can. You are special, Galeno. I don't want to hurt you, but I cannot let you go. And if I run, you will be at the mercy of them both. My offer still stands. We are nearly there. Come with me, and we can figure this out together. I can't explain it, but I trust you, Galeno. I'm at a loss here. What she's told us, what you said earlier, die now or die later. Why have I been left here? Why am I being hunted? Uh, I'm feeling uh, hot, tight, uh, this pressure. I don't want to die. Uh, I don't know what to do. In an instant, thunder crackles and lightning strikes down in between Socks and Galano. Socks goes flying into the tall grass and disappears from sight. What? 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 Where did that come from? Socks? 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 Be sure to come back next time to find out what happens in the story of Galano.